You're listening to Taxpayers Australia's News and Insights podcast, Tax Wrap. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Tax Wrap podcast. Uh, Steve Burnham is talking. Uh, we're here with episode 118, I'm joined by Letty again. Hello, Letty. Hi, Steve. Welcome back. Listeners, we're um, going over a little an old, an old subject, a subject that we've touched upon before, which is the backpacker tax. Um, for a reason, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, just to get, briefly go over the, the details, um, from January, January 1 this year, workers under working holiday visas have been classed as non-residents for tax purposes, and they're subject to tax of 15 cents for every dollar, I believe. Is that right, Letty? Yes. Um, up to 37000 with foreign resident tax rates applying after that. Absolutely, and there's no tax-free threshold for these workers. No, from dollar one. That's right, and it's only it's it's not all foreign people who come here to work. It's only people on specific visas as well. That's right, working holiday visas. I forget the number four. I can't remember the numbers. There, there are two visas that are applicable from memory, and we've also written about this in a recent issue of the Taxpayer. Right. If if any of our listeners have access to that, you can have a look at that as well. And in addition to the that measure, the working holiday visa uh, superannuation funds are to be taxed sixty five percent. Uh, from July 1 this year, when they leave Australia, I mean. Now, that's, that's up from 38%. Absolutely. Now, what we've noticed here is that when this has been discussed in the media or just around the traps, really, a lot of focus is put on the agricultural and tourism industries. Mm. And that's fair and that's right, because a lot of these workers do work in those industries. Yeah. It's pretty much a condition of um, the visas, I believe, even. Yeah, yeah. But what we need to know is that you actually have the silent types who are sitting in offices yeah, who might yeah. very well be subject to these visas and might also be affected Cover, by this. Covered by this. Look, a lot of my people that I talk to think, oh, why is this in the media so much? I don't know anyone on a working holiday visa. So to test the point, uh, before, listeners, Letty and I saw this backpacker walking up, <laughs> up the street in front of our office. We went out and grabbed him, brought him in and sat him down and then we have a special guest with us today, uh, Mr Andrew Kruger. Hi, Andrew. Steve. Glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. Now, that was just a joke. Actually, Andrew is doing some work for us at Tax, Tax and Super Australia. That's right, and he's not picking fruit in the kitchen. No, no. <laughs> he's actually doing work behind a computer. Yep. And that's why it's so important to recognise that there are people on these visas affected by the backpacker mm. tax mm. who are not the usual media definition of it. Right. I am still working picking. with apples, though. But, uh, yeah, a different type, a, different, kind of a metal type of apple. Right? <laughs> Good one. So we thought we'd invite Andrew to share his story, uh, just, just so that all our listeners can get some real-life context yeah. behind these tax changes. Because as those of us who work in tax know, sometimes we live in a bit of an ivory tower and we see the tax prices changes for the legislation and for the technical and financial impacts, but we don't always hear about how it impacts people. Right. So, Andrew, I mean, tell us a little bit, yeah. a bit of something about it. How did, you, how did you find when you first arrived in the country? What was it like finding a job and what was your experience? Uh, yeah, well, I first decided to come to Australia. Uh, one of the big draws for it was I was backpacking Asia and I met other backpackers that have been through Australia. And they talked about this bonus they received when they left the country, which I found out later was their superannuation fund. They could actually cash out upon leaving. And so, believe it or not, one of the draws for coming to Australia was the fact that I could cash out a majority of my super fund when I left the country. And now that that law has changed and I can only keep 35% of that super fund, 
it's a little bit disappointing. Um, oh, so when you came, you were going to mm, get a lot more than... When I initially came, if I had left prior, I think still if I leave prior to the end of June, I believe it is, I could cash out a higher percentage of my super than I would be able to after the end of June when this law yeah. takes effect. Yes, it starts, the, the superannuation will start 1st of July, okay. whereas the income tax rate changes uh, happen the 1st of January. 1st of January, okay. Well, mm. that can be could be quite a sizable bit of money. I mean, especially if you've been spending your money holidaying <laughs> around the place. So. It can, it can. And coming here, I was I was smart. My first week here, I opened, a, I got a tax file number. I opened a super account and a bank account. Very uh, organised. <laughs> tax agent, any tax agent would be proud of him. <laughs> now, and, now, Andrew, maybe you could uh, give us some background details on the fees that are actually subject to the so-called backpacker tax. Now you're asking me a question for the visa numbers. I can't recall. There are there are two kinds of visas. There's the uh, work and holiday visa, which I believe is subject more for Europeans, mm-hmm. and then there's the working holiday visa, which is more subject for Americans and I believe Asians as well. Sure. Yeah. How about you tell us about the one that you're on and what kind of conditions or rules? Yeah, or- they're both very, very similar um, in the sense where they both have a uh, one-year stipulation for being in the country. And they both have a six-month limitation per employer. And I actually found that specific limitation to be a bit of an issue for me when I first arrived here in Australia. Uh, no one wants to hire someone in a professional industry when they can only work for six months. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can imagine. And even coming, um, I remember a few phone interviews. And I actually, after a while, I stopped leaving off my visa stipulation on my resume. And mm. I got a lot more calls from that. Yep. And people would hear my accent on the phone. And they would ask where I'm from, right. and that would almost immediately terminate each call. And so really? I actually, I was kind of profiled based on the fact that I, based on my accent, yeah. having an American accent, actually took me away from the ability of having some jobs. I kind of felt. Um, but coming here to Tax and Super, I actually originally started with a three-week contract that kind of turned into something a bit more. So we couldn't uh, get rid of you. <laughs> no, no, well, we, I wouldn't leave. I remember we had a, a project, and um, Andrew completed that with um, with success. And Absolutely. Then we found other jobs because he was uh, so helpful. He was so for good. Us. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, I, I'm enjoying it. I can't complain. It's a yeah, good team here yeah. at Tax and Super Australia. Now, what about? I mean, you were saying to me um, off the air before about the residency and non-residency was not quite clear. It is a bit confusing. Um, I live with a few other backpackers right now uh, right. here in the Melbourne area, specifically Box Hill, actually. Yep. And uh, with that, I've heard people that are saying, well, I could claim residency and hit the non-tax uh, threshold when yep. they first started out. Mm-hmm. Other people are saying they're not supposed to do that. And even being here at Tax and Super and reading the laws on that from our tax summary publication, yep. I still found it to be a bit vague and unclear as to whether or not I qualified for residency. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel I would have been cheating the system, quote unquote, to claim residency as I'm here for a certain duration of time, like up to one or two years, uh, depending on how long I had to stay. And so um, it was kind of confusing. And now that they've actually changed that law, I can no longer declare residency. It doesn't really matter if I'm resident or not. I still pay the same same tax. Oh, of course. So So that's off off the table, as it were. Is a, is yeah, a quote, yeah. air quote option. It makes it a little bit easier. So instead of being taxed either 0% or 32%, I'm now being taxed, I believe, 15 cents to the dollar. So. Yeah, so it was a compromise that the um, that the parliament reached because some parties wanted more, some, some wanted less, and they came to a number in the middle. So you're living with other backpackers. What's uh, any, any 
stories from your housemates that you could relate? Or I mean, others that you've met what are they, what the are, they, are they washing dishes? Or they, well, they're not picking fruit in Box Hill. Well, it depends. I think for a backpacker, I'm doing quite well. Okay. Uh, I can't complain uh, with the job I have here at Tax and Super Australia. Other backpackers that live with me, one works at a sushi restaurant, one uh, washes dishes. And unfortunately, the what I found to be quite uh, prominent amongst backpackers like myself is working for cash. Um, really? Initially coming here, I wasn't even aware that working for cash was illegal until I heard within the first few weeks of getting here about what's going on. Yep. So my, one of my backpacker friends, uh, he makes $15 an hour washing dishes, which is well under minimum wage, but oh, it's yeah. one way his employer escapes, of course, paying taxes mm. on him. Really? So he gets benefits. $15 in the hand for he each hour that he works. $15 in the hand. And he's a little bit different. I think this guy in particular isn't even on a work visa, which... Um, it's probably why he's doing it that way, but I do know several backpackers who were on work and holiday visas mm. who are still opting for cash-paid jobs. Employers prefer that. It's mm. Now, Andrew, yeah. we understand that uh, because of the terms and conditions of your visa, at some stage you have to leave the cushy confines in the air-conditioned offices <laughs> and head off, head off somewhere else. Could you tell us a bit about that part of your visa? Certainly. I am here on a one-year work holiday visa. If I want to extend for a second year, one stipulation that goes for both the working holiday and the working holiday visa is that I have to work for a minimum of three months, either in agriculture or in tourism mm. during Which is my what stay. we've been hearing all about for the backpacker tax, yeah, isn't it? it? <laughs> one of the differences between the work and holiday visa and the working holiday visa is Europeans on the work and holiday visa have the option to work almost anywhere in, in Australia right. for that term. Whereas me, on a working holiday visa, I'm required to go north of, I think it's Northern Territory or above. There's is it the north of the Tropic of Capricorn, I believe? It is, is yes, okay. exactly. What a condition. I mean, that sounds nice. It depends what kind of work you're doing, of course. Yeah, it'll be Cutting a change. Cutting sugar cane or who yeah. knows. I have a girlfriend here in Melbourne. I have a nice, yeah. a nice office job. I can't complain. So it'll be a bit different for me. If I want to stay, I'd have to move up north here in about a month's time, I think, and mm. find a job uh, picking fruit or mm. doing something similar. Well, having the uh, romantic connection must make things hard. I mean, you <laughs> wouldn't want to leave Melbourne apart from the good restaurants and coffee. It's, uh, and and our workplace, of course, Steve. And workplace and us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Andrew, um, if any of our listeners, perhaps are friends or family or even clients who have children who currently live overseas and, and they're young and want to explore the world and want to come to Australia on these types of visas, do you have any general comments or advice or, or any tips for them? Mm. Don't work for cash. Uh, it's tempting. Employers are more likely to hire you, but it's not worth it. Um, you lose the security that comes from working uh, with the <laughs> benefits um, that might come with it as well. Or like, like uh, for example, um, I forget the name of the organization here in Australia that takes care of workers. Fair Work Australia? Fair Work Australia. Oh, yeah. I yep. had an instance when I first arrived in Australia, I was looking for work and I found a notice put up in my hostel uh, to go work moving office furniture uh, for okay. a man named Aaron, who I will voice here as not being a very nice person. Uh, my friends and I worked for him for about a week and when it came time to get paid, he disappeared. Mm. I looked for Aaron and I, I found uh, what town he was from, but the police, unfortunately, were not willing to give me his address, and I couldn't file a small claim against him. But he walked away with between three and 4000 uh, Australian dollars that my friends and I were owed. And so right. it was a very unfortunate incident, but it happens again and again. And we'll yeah. be able to hire fresh workers each time. Yeah. And so I just I'd encourage anyone coming here, don't work for cash. You know, Get yeah. a legit job. It's worth the effort put yeah. into it. And the good thing for Australia is, even though obviously we do have our problems, we still do actually have entities that are there to protect the workers as well. Yeah, yeah. 
That's one thing. Even even you foreigners. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> no, no, sorry. And, and, and any more fun tips in terms of uh, things that they should see or places they should visit? Yeah. Yeah, I went to Phillip Island a couple of weekends ago and it was beautiful. The penguin parade is kind of disappointing, but if you go hiking there, you can see plenty of wallabies, koalas, uh, I found an echidna in the wild, and I got to oh, pet fantastic. it. My, my girlfriend. Pet it. <laughs> well, she's my girlfriend stopped me from picking it up. So don't yeah, don't, don't play with the wildlife. I guess. But, uh, <laughs> it is a pretty beautiful place just yeah. to go hiking. Well, and the enjoy and you'll see a lot more things up north. Of course, that'll be quite. I'm experience. looking forward to it. I really yeah. am. Yeah. yeah, it would be an amazing experience, and hopefully, you can get around to Ayers Rock as well when you're heading yeah. in that direction. All over the place. All right, and um, thank you very much, Andrew, for sharing your tips and your time. My pleasure. Um, so the backpack attacks, listeners. That's uh, that's the real, the human face of the uh, of the theory. So um, certainly, we know a little bit more about it, and um, we can have a little bit more sympathy and uh, understanding <laughs> with the people who have to put up with this the, this crazy Australian tax. But anyway, okay. thanks again, Lee. Thank you, and don't forget, listeners, to look at. Uh, uh, the addition of our taxpayer earlier this year for yep. more details of the backpacker tax. Actually, it's got all the technical details in there as well that That's I... That's right, but, not a, but not a photo of Andrew. <laughs>